Hello everybody and welcome back to American Latin Nostalgia. My name is Quentin and before we get started with today's show, a couple notes. One, one of my episodes was tagged because they recognized that I used a couple seconds of a Foo Fighters song, which I did at the end of the show because Taylor Hawkins had died. Um, yeah, they flagged it saying I can't do that, which I thought was interesting because I've used a bunch of other music and either they haven't caught on or it wasn't popular enough to be tagged so so I guess I'm gonna try to use less known like b-side tracks or something anyway secondly um, our last episode was all about Barney the Dinosaur and if you hadn't heard about two weeks after we aired the episode there was big news that Barney was coming back just as I had said in the episode but they actually released what he's gonna look like now, like the CGI creepy looking guy. So that was pretty cool. It's on our page, a.l.pod on Instagram. I posted a picture of what he's gonna look like. So I guess what I'm saying is you're welcome. You get the breaking news here first. Moving on. So if you hadn't noticed by the title or the song, today we're gonna be talking about Saturdays, specifically. Well, let me just say that here at American Latino Nostalgia, we try to shine a light on nostalgia, both American and Hispanic, Latina, whatever you want to call it, for two reasons. A, to have fun remembering what it was and maybe learn something that you didn't know before. And B, to expose other people that maybe are not familiar with things that we know, expose them to cool things that were before. And so that is the case today. I had posted a poll not too long ago on our page to see who recognized a picture that I put of Don Francisco. Most people did, but there was a couple that had no idea, so I guess maybe the show is for you also. Because today we're going to be talking about the sensation, worldwide sensation, that was Sábado Gigante. And if you didn't know, Sábado Gigante holds the Guinness Book world records record for the longest running variety show it went on for 53 years from 1963 to 2015 53 years and if you're saying but Quinn that means nothing to me what is the show about what is Sabado Gigante Sabado Gigante translates into giant Saturday so basically Sabado Gigante was a variety show that packed a lot of stuff in four hours it started at 7 o'clock and ended at 11 o'clock had had a bunch of segments celebrity interviews, it was like a game show also, comedy sketches, had uh, competitions, interviews with kids, it was a, also a travel documentary, they had segments with animals, and musical performances, legal and marital advice, and beauty contests. So it was everything. Kind of like, let's think of uh, how the Tonight Show and those late night shows they do, like, sometimes they do like a game, little game shows and uh, they have musical acts and then they interview celebrities kind of like that but like way bigger so all the stuff that I said um, some of it's funny duh, unintentionally but we'll get into that so Sábado Gigante was also I think I mentioned they did live commercials which we don't see really anymore and these live commercials these segments were kind of like uh, the old American shows like Ed Sullivan show and Don Francisco himself said that he was influenced by Jack Parr, who had a show also. 
and um, they used to do live commercials in during the during the broadcast. So there, something would be happening, and an announcer would be like, "Okay, now let's go to I don't know um, Randall for a word on our a word from our sponsor." And then right there in the show on the stage, they would cut to some dude or a girl talking about, "You know what I love? Cigarettes. They can't possibly be unhealthy. They make you feel so good." So try new Lucky Strike cigarettes. Hmm, this time with no filter. You'll be glad you did. Stuff like that. Which most of us hadn't really seen because uh, we weren't alive when they did it back in the 50s. And I think part of the importance of this topic and this show, Sábado Gigante, now is, uh, even though it was for it was on air for 53 years, it's remembered today mostly by people who watched it with their parents. Like us children who watched it with their parents, because part of the Hispanic culture is very we're very family oriented, right? So like on Saturday nights we would all get together. Our parents would put that on, and we'd sit there and we'd watch as much as we could. You know the show was so had so much variety in it that there was something that our parents would like. So maybe maybe mom likes the uh, the children's segment, but she's not a big fan of like the beauty contest. Or dad likes the uh, the musical competition, but he hates a traveling documentary, so he goes to get a beer. They had so much in it for people to enjoy. And for us, as a culture, we're a family. Everyone found something that they liked. And so I think that it is remembered fondly because it reminds people of being younger and being in the family room together watching it. You know, when I talk to some people and ask them about their Saturday nights as kids, I get answers like, oh, I used to go to sleepovers with my friend, or, oh yeah, me and my brother used to play Nintendo, or they went to the movies, whatever. Um, I think for a lot of us <laughs> who didn't have cable, um, which seems to be a recurring theme on this podcast, I didn't have cable. Uh, I also didn't have my own TV. So by default, I kind of was forced almost to, to watch this stuff. If one had to watch TV, it had to be stuff that my parents would watch. And uh, I think that's, that's a difference in childhood experiences between individuals like myself and like other kids who maybe they did have their own TV. You know, and eventually there was another TV in the house. But on Saturdays, it was either Sábado Gigante and then like 8 o'clock was like Cops and American Most Wanted and maybe like a like a network movie on the TV. So, you know, not having cable, the choices were pretty slim on what to watch. And like I said, this is four hours. I don't think I ever watched it the whole way through. I think I remember watching it and then falling asleep by the last segment or being, yeah, getting sleepy for the last segment. Oh, which by the way, f I forgot to mention, every week on Sábado Gigante, the, the, the last segment, the main draw I guess was people would during one of those games would try to win a car and that was like the very last thing like do they win the car do they not win the car and that's how the show ended every week so I know I mentioned all the stuff that goes into the show and like the segments and everything but let's get into it a little bit deeper so the host of the show from the very beginning was Don Francisco Don Francisco is a stage name because the man is called Mario Luis Krautsberger Blumfeld and he was a son of German Jewish immigrants who fled World War II and settled in Chile. So Don Francisco was the host of the show. 
and he would do most of the segments. Every now and then he'd like throw it back to the announcer, kind of like in old American television shows. So uh, I remember the first announcer was a dude named uh, Pedro de Pool, and he used to talk just like the like the announcers do. Um, <laughs> and then he was replaced by the guy that was in the show till it ended, Javier Romero. And again, his voice, the way that they would talk, very much like an old-time announcer, and we're getting your attention by talking like this, like, but in Spanish, right? Si, como no, venga se para acá. I don't know what he said, but, you know, you get the gist of it. So it was them, mostly them too. But in addition to Don Francisco and the announcer were the models. And the models, true to Hispanic television form, were very nice and lovely and just beautiful to look at. And so I think that was a big factor as to why men like to watch the show also. I think the two most famous models, well, not the most famous, but probably the most famous model from that show was uh, Lilia Stefan, who is Emilio Stefan's niece, but now she does uh, the Red Table Talk with Gloria Stefan. But people probably know her best from her gossipy show, El Gordo y la Flaca. Which, for those of you that don't know Spanish, means the fat guy and the skinny lady. Because we're not PC. Anyway, that's where she's best known from. But the one, the other one that I remember the most, her name was Mati Monfort. I tried to do some research on her, but I there's barely anything to be found on her. So I found out, like a lot of tias do on Facebook, that Maddie is a realtor in L.A. for Keller Williams. And then there was a lot of uh, family pictures, and it felt weird going through her page for that, so that's where I stopped. I was trying to get more sense of like her background, ethnicity-wise, because she is one of the first people that I remember watching as a kid that made an impact on me, because she would be on the show, and she'd be like just speaking Spanish perfectly. And then later, in 1994, she got a daytime talk show called Mike and Maddie and then there she was speaking perfect English and my brain was like what you can do both you can speak both languages well and be successful I hadn't seen that before somebody that could speak perfect English and then perfect Spanish also so that was a big shock to me as a kid and you don't have to be put in one box over the other because you can be whoever you want to be except someone who enjoys peas don't be that person. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Maddie. We'd like to give you 15 reasons to get to know our show. Mike and Maddie. Here goes. Hot guests. Cool hosts. The inside scoop on your favorite show. Anchor mom. Our dog. Tips on how to date. How to cook. How to have fun. Way out workouts. Fashion phenomenons. Mike. Maddie. We're on after Regis and Kathy Lee. Oh, I like those two. Then stay tuned for Vicky. Okay, so back to the show. So the show had, like I said, celebrity interviews. And people like Selena went on there, as well as other guests, and they also performed. They had musical performances, like Los Tucanas de Tijuana, and a bunch of other celebrities from Hispanic culture. Sometimes they would have a English-speaking person, and so you would have Don Francisco talking to them, and then like a voiceover for the audience. Every week, Saul Gente would also have sketches, 
and they'd have a recurring sketch every week called La Familia Fernandez or like the Fernandez family and I never really thought they were funny I actually thought it was kind of boring it was supposed to be like this family in like a living room and they'd argue and it was supposed to be funny but I never thought it was funny okay so then they also had travel documentaries so Don Francisco would go to like places like Cuba or Panama or other countries and then it'd be like a little traveling documentary he'd go and like, talk to people and he'd learn about wherever he was at it was about like a 10-15 minute thing about 10 minute segment that he would put on sometimes that was pretty cool and then sometimes he would bring in people like experts for like legal and marital advice so these people would come in and say hey so I'm having a problem with my uh, husband or wife they're doing this how do I get him to stop and so then they'd have all these panels telling them well what you gotta do is because da -da -da -da, and then the audience would clap another recurring segment he would have every week was out of nowhere seemingly Don Francisco would be talking and then like out of nowhere he'd be interrupted by somebody called La Cuatro and La Cuatro was like this comedian lady so for those of you that know a little bit about art history or theater La Cuatro was the equivalent of the Comedia dell'arte archetype of the Harlequin not Harley Quinn but Harlequin a clown a buffoon shout out to Loaf Empiecen entonces a escribir ya sea en Facebook o en Twitter con las preguntas para Amy Quintanilla. She would come in and she'd like be like like a court jester. Like she would be like a court jester and he'd be trying to get rid of her and she'd be like no Don Francisco or sometimes she would get sad and he'd be like what's going on it's a whole act that she would do y además me tocó la masa y me agarró los peperones como como que le agarró los peperones los peperones de la pizza Don Francisco again never thought she was funny uh, but before her there was a dude called uh, Mandolino and he'd be the same thing he'd do the same thing he would interrupt them and They'd have like their little conversation for a little bit and then he'd leave and everybody would clap. Same thing as La Cuatro. But La Cuatro seemed to be very popular with people, more so than Mandolino. And people still remember her and her stupid ponytail haircut or whatever it's called. What do you call it when you got the scrunchie in the middle of your head and then the hair goes down? Anyway, yeah, so people liked her, right? Yeah. Again, there'd be like some beauty contest sometimes. And I think I remember seeing women in bathing suits too which wouldn't surprise me but I couldn't find any proof of that and I mentioned the game shows people would play games and then uh, towards the very end of the show they'd compete for a car in another game the one I remember would be there'd be like a bunch of keys on the wall and they'd have I think a minute or something they were timed and they'd have to get the key from the wall put it into it's like a giant key like a giant novelty key and then put it into like some giant ignition thing and turn it and if the if the if the ignition turned like a car then they would get the car but if nothing happened then they have to run back and get the next key and so that was exciting to see if people got got the the car or not 
And I remember at the, towards the end they changed it to like some like horse racing thing, like you see in the fairs and carnivals with the horse races. With you throw the balls and then the horse races. Yeah, that wasn't as fun. Anyway, that was a, that was the finale, and it'd always be the announcer guy that I mentioned, Javier. Así es, Don Francisco. Ahora, in whatever car, un Toyota 1992, tercel con cuatro puertas y un niño adentro. I don't know whatever whatever popular car, but I remember the song. That always be the song that. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know if uh, the song ever changed because I think it was the same song from when I used to watch it when I was five or whatever till the day that I stopped watching. I think they use the same song for the car. Anyway, it was always uh, the announcer guy telling everyone about the car and how cool it was. And another reason why Saulo Gigante was so successful was because it relied on interaction and participation from the audience. And then I think people at home felt that they could participate as well. And so you would have Don Francisco with a person he was talking to or during a segment. And then he would turn to the public, which, by the way, the... This was filmed inside of a live studio audience. And so you would see all these people with like these name tags on them. Kind of like Price is Right. You know, they'd be clapping and like singing. And it was very interactive. There was always songs to like uh, whatever segments were on. There'd be songs. And so the audience would sing and like they'd do motions with their hands. And very choreographed thing. But anyway, so there'd be a, a segment or a person or whatever. And one of Don Francisco's catchphrases was, ¿Qué dice el público? Or like, what does the public think? ¿Qué dice el público? And then they, of course, they get all into it. They'd be like, no, no, woo. And, you know, at home, people would also get excited. Like, no, yes. But also Don Francisco had good comic timing. Like I mentioned earlier, there'd be like children, uh, children segments. So kind of like uh, kids do the darnest things where he would get a bunch of kids and he would have conversations with them like kind of and he would ask them adult questions and then based on their responses people would laugh or you know he'd have <laughs> there have there'd be some really intelligent kids there that would talk like adults and like they would become fan favorites like uh, two kids that I remember is El Jose Padron who um, became a he's a radio DJ now but you know, back in the day, he was like this chubby kid with like blondish hair. And then he would always speak his piece and end <laughs> everything with like, Esa es la opinión de José Padrón. And the other one was this girl named Connie, who I thought was really hot when I was like eight or nine. And then she um, ended up working for the city of L.A. and she's still kind of hot, but she's married. So we're not going to talk about that. But in that segment, for example, you saw like Don Francisco's reactions to what the kids said were like, kind of like Steve Harvey is with uh, Family Feud now where you just kind of look at the camera like at the right time and like you it's funny he would do that with them and with a lot of the other sketches too or other segments another way the show was interactive was Don Francisco would at a certain point in time he would sing a song about people's butts and it was so stupid I thought it was so stupid so he would sing the song and then the people in the audience would have, to, would have to get up and they would like shake their butts on the TV. They would like turn around so you could see their butt and they would shake it. And I just thought, why? <laughs> what, what's the point of this? And they did it for years. A 
So you would see a sea of flat booties and round booties. If you thought American songs like Old Lang Syne were nonsensical, this one probably beats it. Because the literal translation of the lyrics are Move, move your booty. If you don't move it, then it's covered. Well, tapadita. It means two things. It could mean either it's covered or when you're tapado, it means you're constipated. So, are they singing about constipated booties? Is that the haha? I don't know, but it's just a weird song. And I still don't understand what the fascination with that was, but um, again, interactive. You get people to do something at the same time. They're all doing it, so they all have a good time. Let me go back to the commercials real quick, the live commercials, because there was a lot of things that were promoted, and uh, I don't think I've, I can't remember off the top of my head right now if I've seen that since so consistently in one show, where, because the show would have commercials too, so they'd have like regular commercials, you know, they cut to break and then they come back to the show, but during the actual show, it'd be like product placement for different things, like dish soap and whatever within the show just like again just like in old american shows from the 50s but i don't know if i've seen that since which is in, it's an interesting model right you could sell stuff on there and while you have the audience attention be like oh yeah by the way you guys are laughing hey check this out you ever try this bracelet because the one thing i remember that they sold every week was a bracelet that looked like uh, like the Omega symbol or like those stupid septum piercings that people think look cool now. It was like a, a bracelet that looked like a U with two little balls at the end. Anyway, it was called La Pulsera Balance or the Balance Bracelet. And I remember watching even as a kid, whenever they would talk about it, they'd be very vague about it. Like, oh, it's helped me so much and it's really improved my life. And blah, 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 blah. and Don Francisco himself had one. He Like, he, he would wear it, like, throughout the show. And then when it was time to talk about it, he would show it off. Like, yeah, this is really helpful. And I'm really glad that I got one. You should get one, too. And I remember there's a big, like, commercial for it. And it was very popular. And I think I saw some people with it. But even watching it as a kid, I knew it was a crock of horse stuff because... How is a bracelet going to help your health? And like, it was supposed to like balance you and this and that. And then I found <laughs> I found out that the company that made it later on got sued for misleading the public. So, yeah. Okay, so I mentioned before that the car was the finale of the show, right? That was the thing that people waited for. But if you ask anybody today... One of the most memorable segments of the show and the things that people most remember would be the musical competition where the most famous character from the show would come out and this man is known as El Chacal or the Jackal 
and El Chacal looks like. Remember the Zodiac Killer? One of the first outfits that he wore. He was like in all black. Kind of like that. Which Chacal is like a, or Jackal, it's, it's like a coyote. So I don't know why that, or why they named him that. But yeah, it was like a draped like in all black. Like a, like a kind of like an executioner kind of. All in black with like a hood blanket face thing. I don't know. I'll post a picture so you can see it. But his segment was the most popular. El Chacal. He even had his own theme song. So this segment consisted of people coming in and singing and while they were singing Don Francisco with his little comic stylings would put on like a hat or something that would be kind of related to what they're singing about. So like a like a turban or like a cape or something. So these people would come in and it'd be a competition so there'd be some of them that were pretty good and some of them that were just really awful just from like the beginning of the song just like terrible. And so while they were singing, and while Francisco was putting on these crazy costumes, there would be this dude, El Chacal, with his trumpet. And he'd either be swaying, acting out what the song was about, really enjoying it, or if the person was really bad, the audience would start booing, yelling, and Don Francisco would be like, what? 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 And so the audience would kind of get their little finger and tell him to get out tell the singer to get out because he wasn't good so they'd be like fuera fuera so uh don francisco would be like okay so then he would join them and be like y fuera and the purpose of the chacal with his trumpet whenever people sometimes he would decide too if they were too bad he'd like play this trumpet and if you play the trumpet then dang fool you're you're done you're out you have to walk away because you're not good enough so whenever you heard el chacal do the that means you were done so it's kind of like showtime of the apollo where like the sandman if you're not doing well you hear the people booing you and so the sandman comes in with his like push broom and kicks you out it's the same, the chacal, but he's on stage with you the whole time. And if he plays a trumpet, then you gotta go, because you ain't good enough. So, if I had to tell someone what Sabado Gigante was who had never seen it, I'd probably say that it was part Price is Right, part Kids Say the Darnest Things, part Showtime at the Apollo, part Judge Mathis, part Tonight Show, all in three or four hour span. Sabado Gigante was one of the greatest and most important shows we've had as Hispanics in this country. It was watched worldwide. It even released a board game. Milton Bradley released a board game for Sabado Gigante. And uh, there's been a lot of parodies and like mockings in Saturday Night Live. Dan Aykroyd did a thing called Sabado Chistoso. And then Family Guy had a little cutaway of Sabado Gigante, which they show what I mentioned earlier how pretty the women are and parts of the women let's just say that so it's been it's very well known again longest running variety show in history to this day to this day so it's very important
so important that when it was time for them to stop airing the show, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama sent them well wishes, which they played on the show, which was pretty cool. Hola amigos y buenas noches. Don Francisco, congratulations on an extraordinary career. For 53 years, Sabado Gigante has been a fixture in living rooms across America and an important part of our cultural life. For decades, you've helped millions of Americans appreciate that the family is number one. For many Americans, Saturday nights just won't be the same without you. So thank you, Don Francisco, for all the joy and entertainment you brought into our lives for so many years. You will be missed. Good night, everybody. It's an important show because back then, before cable and DVRs, you you had to be home to watch it. You have to be near a TV at 7 o'clock to enjoy the show. And it was also a show that you could watch in the United States and then your family back in your other countries could they would watch it too because it was such a worldwide phenomenon that they would they would watch it as well so I think that brought a lot of people together I imagine that's got to count for something if you have a relative they haven't seen in years decades you don't know if you're gonna see them again and then whenever you talk on the phone you guys talk about something funny something clever that you saw and then every time you watch it you know that the other person's watching it at the same time as you. That's got to be pretty cool. So it would be Sábado Gigante followed by the news, followed by the dirty movies, which we will talk about on another episode because, yes, we did have some pretty dirty movies on late-night broadcast TV. We'll talk about those later. But now, let's go to a random pop culture fact. Did you know that in WWE, the guy, the wrestler who played Papa Shango is the same guy who played Kama the Supreme, Supreme Fighting Machine and is also the same guy who played the Godfather? Now you know. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of American Latin Nostalgia. We appreciate you. And actually, last episode I said I was going to try something new, so let's try something new. I was thinking maybe like a little bonus show. So in between these episodes, like a bonus show. And what came to my mind was you, if you're listening, you, yes. If you have an episode of a show that you really like or would just want me to watch, I think it'd be cool to watch it, record me while watching it live in real time. That way you can watch it at the same time too. And then I can just react to it or say stuff about it. And it could be also, so that's an option. And then on top of that, it could be either sober or not. I don't know. Let's give it a shot. I will post something about this on our Instagram, a.l.pod. But you're the first to hear it here on the show. So if you got a show, you got an episode, and I can stream it, I will watch it and react to it. Um, Something that you like, something you don't like. And then maybe it'll be more fun or less fun if we're not sober. Anyways, let me know. Until next time, this is Quentin saying, I'll see you next time.